Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Compass Group International, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I want to announce of a new podcast series primarily aimed and for the affluent and the luxury homeowner that's looking to retire abroad. And this is, this is something that I've had a huge request for uh, that I haven't put together because most of my podcast is really geared towards the 80%. Uh, for the individuals that are in a lower than middle income, that um, I'm giving them suggestions, giving them ideas on how they can make their money go further by retiring countries like here in Southeast Asia. I'm actually coming at you from Bangkok, Thailand. And over the, I would say, since this pandemic, since this coronavirus has been spreading, over the last three months, I've been, I mean, literally my emails have been bombarded with more and more luxury or should I say affluent clientele that lives in North America looking to basically relocate to a new country. And I was kind of surprised. I was actually very, very surprised at the, uh, at the massive boom of affluent clientele looking to uh, leave the country. I mean, almost permanently, not like before, where they were looking to live part-time in the United States and part-time in another country. These are now individuals that are saying, you know what, I'm ready to basically say adios to the United States or to Canada, and, I'm, and we want out. And let me rephrase this uh, so everyone is aware. This podcast, myself or my clientele, we are not individuals that despise the United States or despise Canada or any Western country. Uh, I'm American and I love America. I love the United States. I still call it home. But the things that I need as someone that's semi-retired and as an expat, there's so much more and then some that countries like Thailand has to offer or even countries in Latin America has to offer that really can't be offered or can't or the United States can't provide this type of lifestyle. And what am I talking about? What kind of lifestyle? Lifestyles of living by the beach, either on the beach or by the beach, having a huge luxury home that's actually affordable, uh, having a full-time servant uh, and maid uh, that lives and, and does everything for you at a reasonable price, uh, great health care, and also uh, adventure as far as being able to travel to other countries at a very reasonable rate. The United States is a fantastic place to live, but the problem is that it's very it's hindered uh, even the affluent when it comes down to lifestyle because it's getting more and more expensive, especially when it comes down to real estate in some places along the coast of California and, and some parts of the East Coast. So this new series is going to be geared towards you, the affluent individual, the families out there that is looking to purchase homes that are in excess from minimum of a million to 10, 15, 20 million, uh, looking to put real estate portfolios together, uh, want to have multiple homes uh, throughout, let's just say, uh, another country like in Thailand. And you're going to notice a trend too, is my podcasts are really going to be focused on Thailand. And you're probably asking yourself, you're like, well, why is that, Will? Because, you know, you, you've been in Central America since 2002. 
you've been doing business in Central America, parts of Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, Honduras, Panama, and South America. Why the change? If you haven't listened to my prior podcast, the reason why I've changed is in the, well, let me just kind of back up. In the last, let's just say, 18 years, really 20 years of living abroad in different countries, so living in Orange County, like in Newport Beach, Huntington Beach, and having a second home elsewhere outside the United States, I have looked, I have lived and looked in so many different parts of the world. For an example, Latin America, Central America. Spent a lot of time in Mexico, obviously spent an enormous amount of time in Costa Rica, Central America, and even South America. But as an expat, it failed me in so many ways, which I will talk about in another podcast. What I mean by it failed me is, is that what a lot of expats don't realize and don't account for is the boredom factor. And I'll dive into that a little bit more down the road or in another podcast. Then the next thing is when it comes down to being able to have, let's just say, having accessibility and conveniences of everything that I need as a retiree. And a lot of people don't think about that. And you're going to be surprised that when I give you profiles and tell you stories of past clientele that have come to me and said, well, you know, um, I really want to be out in the sticks, not in the boonies. Uh, my wife and I, or my husband and I, we went to Costa Rica and uh, we, we went to this, you know, we rented this home in the middle of nowhere. We were literally like an hour away from the first town and we love this so gorgeous. And then I tell him, I said, you have to understand one thing is that it's completely different it's completely different experiences when you go to a country as a vacationer as opposed to coming back as a full-time and part-time resident. It's different. And what I mean by different is, is that what you think you loved because of the peace and tranquility in six months or 12 months, you're going to go get so sick and tired of not being able to access the simplest little things like a place to eat good restaurants, grocery stores, even finding a movie theater, simple things like that. You're going to be extremely annoyed because you don't have that kind of quick accessibility like in other countries. And that's the one thing that I found about Latin America is you have a lot of these very small beach cities that are just boring. And I was bored out of my mind. So that's why I left Latin America. And then I looked in other parts. I looked in Europe. I love Spain, Italy, Greece, Portugal, and France. Really, really love southern France. And I looked into some of those places, looked in Bordeaux, and the homes there were extremely expensive. I mean, a two-bedroom, two-bath condo near the city center, Bordeaux, is going to run you half a million to $700,000. And then the cost of living is extremely high. Even... For someone that's a millionaire, it's still expensive. It's not cheap. And the same goes with other the nearby countries. For an example, Spain is also, uh, I absolutely love Spanish food. I love the culture, love the people. And I looked at places like in Barcelona, Madrid, uh, San Sebastian up north, even down south to Alicante and uh, Costa del Sol. 
And the problem again is your money doesn't go as far. And you're still in an EU country, so you're using a euro, so everything is overpriced. And the same exact thing is going to be with Portugal, with Greece, and with Italy. And especially Italy. How many of you have seen these ads, or not ads, but these articles popping up in USA Today, Business Insider, uh, CNN Money, and they talk about people that are buying these fixer-uppers in Italy for 100 bucks or even $1,000 in these little tiny villages. But here's what they don't realize because I've actually had a couple of clients that approached me about that. And I said, what do you know about this village? What do you know about these homes? I said, stay away from it. Unless you are a contractor yourself and you know how to speak Italian, that's the only way I would recommend that you buy these things. Because first of all, it's going to cost you at least uh, mid to high six figures to renovate these things. Then finding materials and finding other contractors to help you put everything together is going to be basically uh, one of your biggest challenges. And remember, the Italian culture is very, very relaxed. So what may take, let's just say, a six-month renovation in the United States could take Italian in those small villages two to three years. So are you ready for something like that? Are you ready for those headaches? And they're like, oh, I never really thought about that. And, and, and also the other thing too is, again, it's a small village. There's nothing there. Some of these villages, because all the young people left and never come back, there's only like 20 people there, 50 people there. And as a vacationer, you may think, oh, yeah, it's so quaint and so lovely, such a cute little town. Oh, I can just imagine living here, drinking my espresso, reading a book. Well, could you imagine doing that every single day for the rest of your life with only 20 other residents? Trust me, that's, that's extremely difficult and you'll be bored very, very quickly. And going back to uh, prior clients that, that have bought in these remote areas in Costa Rica, I turn them down when it comes down to business. You know, when I tell individuals and, I'm, and the way my business works and the way I basically operate in my life is I try to create as minimal future headaches as possible. I don't like drama. I don't like to create drama. I don't like people to bring me drama. So when a client comes to me with a proposition or a need, if I don't believe that it is a sound buy and I believe it's going to be a headache in the future, I will not take that business. I don't care how much of the commission it is. It's a future headache that I don't want. And what I've told these clients, I said, you know what, I'm not going to help you because first of all, you're going to be extremely bored paying one to one and a half million, two million dollars for this tree house type of home somewhere in the middle of the rainforest in Costa Rica. Trust me, in six to 12 months, you're going to hate it. And remember this, when it comes down to resale, you're going to have one heck of a time trying to find someone to list it and actually sell it. And they're like, well, why do you say that? I said, let's just put simple numbers together. And let's use 2020 numbers okay, or 2019 numbers. So we'll use last year's numbers. Costa Rica last year had 3.5 million tourists that came to the country. 3.5 million. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. But every single year, the tourism numbers are, are increasing in Costa Rica. Now let's go to just Bangkok, Thailand. Bangkok, Thailand has been the number one tourist destination in the world five years running 
beating out London, England. Last year in 2019, we had 22.5 million, 22.7 million tourists. Let's just say 23 million tourists. That's just Bangkok. All of Thailand, we're, I think we're talking like 33 million or 35 million. But just Bangkok alone, 23 million tourists. So you're probably wondering, like, why are you telling me this? Well, let's talk. Let's get back to resales. If this client is buying a $1.5 million, quote unquote, indoor outdoor tree house or this rainforest home out in the middle of Costa Rica, when you're looking to resell the home, first of all, you're very limited to how many realtors that will actually list a property. There's really only maybe a choice of one or two of them brokerages in the area. Then your audience, your potential buyers, 3.5 million buyers, potentially, that's it. That's it. You may think that's a big number, but it's not. As opposed to if you bought something, let's just say in Bangkok, your numbers are now 23 million potential buyers. It's night and day. So when these people have bought these homes, paid over a million dollars for these luxury type homes out in the rainforest, and yes, lo and behold, six months, 12 months later, under two years later, they're like, you're right, that place sucked. We were bored. We, there was just nothing to do. Even a simple little thing of craving a going to, to a movie theater, going to a mall, going to a nice sit down, doesn't have to be a mission rated restaurant, is few and far between. Because as a retiree, remember, it's about enjoying life. It's not about stopping your life and doing nothing. It's about enjoying your life and adding more adventure, adding more authentic experiences. Immersing yourself in different cultures and seeing and visiting more tourist sites. Not just sitting in one place doing nothing. And just sitting there and listening to Howl the Monkeys all freaking day in the middle of nowhere and your power goes on and off uh, during a heavy rainstorm, that can get annoying. Trust me, I know that from personal experience. So lo and behold, these people said, you're right, and we want to sell our home. Can you list it for us? I said, absolutely not. As I mentioned to you before, and I reiterated what I said, I said, this is the reason why I didn't want you to buy out there. And I'm not going to get stuck with a listing that I can't sell because I don't have any buyers for that. So I want to warn, and, and that's what the series of podcasts is for, for the affluent, for the luxury traveler, for the luxury expat individual or individuals that want to move abroad. This is for you because I've been working with affluent clients uh, for over two decades uh, as a vice president of wealth management in a major financial institution, did that for over a decade. And then when I started my business in 2002, basically the same exact thing, working with very affluent clients. So I know what your needs are. I understand you know, when it comes down to estate planning, I understand taxation, understanding what your needs are for finding specific homes because you're not like everyone else. And by not being everyone, not like everyone else, because you're a very small majority, there are certain needs that you have and there are certain individuals out there that truly can cater to your needs. And that's 
what these podcasts are for. And that's what this series is for. I don't know what I'm going to call it. I'm probably going to call it the, I don't know, uh, Thailand Luxury Expat. Maybe I'll call this series, but, uh, but stay tuned. But some of the things I want to just really highlight and touch really fast, and I'll obviously go much more into detail uh, in the next episodes, is, is number one, is the number one biggest mistake that every potential expat or ex-potential individual that's looking to move to a different country is they don't factor in the boredom factor, as I said earlier. They go to the Maldives, to Bora Bora, to the Bahamas, to Latin America, or even places in Southern Europe. And like I said, they, they buy these homes in very small villages or these small islands, and there's nothing to do, nothing to do. Then when they want to try to resell the home, they can't find a buyer. It just sits in a market for years and years and years. It's a complete waste of money. Remember, you have to think about that. Because when you're sitting down with your husband or your wife, or even, even by yourself, you have to think about your daily activity, your lifestyle. You have to think about and walk through and talk about it out loud is, what is your typical day as a retiree? What is it that you want to do? Yes, you made a bust of your butt for 30 to 40 years, or even 20 years, or even just 10 years, you know, you you worked hard for 10 years and created a fantastic company, sold it for, you know, 25, 30 million dollars. So now you just want to relax. Relaxing is one thing. And I can understand that. You're tired, you just want to read a book, you just want to have a glass of wine, you just want to do nothing. That lifestyle doesn't stick around for a while because after a month, two months, especially someone to yourself that has been very successful in life in your professional career by creating a, an amazing company that was sold or, or still generating tremendous revenue, I can guarantee you after 30 days, you're going to be pulling your hair out. You're like, I need something to do. I need to get out of here. This, this place is just driving me crazy. So factor in the boredom factor. And again, that's why Thailand to me offers the expat everything and then some. And I'll touch on then some in just a little bit. Then the next mistake an expat does is they make the assumption, for an example, if they have, let's just say, a million-dollar home in the States or even a $3 million home in the States. Then they say, okay, well, if I live in the country, I want to have one home for the same exact price. Well, remember this is your money, depending on what country you're in, especially in Thailand, your money goes further than that. So if you have a million dollars in cash to spend for a home, that million dollar, that million dollars can actually buy you two or three homes in, in two to three different parts of Thailand. For an example, one in Bangkok, one in another beach city, and then another one in another beach city, or even another one up north in Chiang Mai. Or if you had a larger budget, like three to five million, you can have luxury homes, really ultra-luxury homes in, in many, many different locations throughout Thailand. That's what a lot of people fail to understand. It's not just about buying one home. It's about buying multiple homes because, remember, you're a retiree now. And the boredom factor is a serious, serious ordeal 
And you have to, and the only way to conquer that boredom factor is by having multiple homes and traveling around, exploring different places. Then the third thing an expat fails to realize is when I ask an, a potential retiree, I ask them, do you like to travel? And some of them are probably surprised to ask them this. They're like, yes, of course. We love to travel. My wife and I love to travel. 100% of the people, when I ask them that question, say, I love to travel. No one's ever said, no, I hate traveling. And I said, okay, if you love to travel, then why would you want to buy in a, on a small island? And I asked them that. I said, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just asking you, why would you want to buy in a small island if you love to travel? They're like, well, we went there on vacation and uh, we never really thought about that. I said, exactly. Most people don't. Most people, and it's a common mistake. I, I'm not looking down at anyone. It's just through experience. It's a common mistake. Is that when you're buying in, in a small island or a place that's very remote, you have to, if you like to travel, you have to think about all the countries that are surrounding you. Where can you travel to? 99% of my North American clients, my affluent North American clients, have pretty much visited most of Latin America, Mexico, Central America, South America. So I tell them, I said, if you've been there many, many times, you've been going to Cabo for the last 10 to 20 years, going to Mexico, last 10 to 20 years, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, keep it as a vacation. Don't buy a home there. You've already done it all. Now, let me offer you something different that's a better lifestyle. Your money will go further. And everybody speaks English. So try something different. And, and a lot of people don't realize, like, you know what? I never actually, and I get this a lot. They're like, I never actually really thought about Asia. And when I ask them, I say, well, why is that? And they say, well, the first thing is, is that the reason why we never went there is because we don't speak the language. I'm like, well, believe it or not, in Thailand, well, first of all, I tell people is, I'm not bilingual. I speak one language, and that's it. I speak English. I don't speak Mandarin. I don't speak Japanese because I'm Taiwanese, and actually, I don't speak Taiwanese either. I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak Thai. I don't speak French. I don't speak any other language other than English. Not that I'm proud of that. I wish I could be bilingual, but... Learning a new language is just something that I just cannot do. <laughs> I just don't have the attention span for that. So when I tell people, I said, well, here in Thailand, everybody speaks English. They're like, no way. I said, yes. I would never recommend or find you a home in some remote little village. You're going to be in a major city, whether it's a major beach city or a major inland city like Bangkok or even Chiang Mai. But in those cities, everybody speaks English. Actually, many people speak English, Russian, and Mandarin. And they're like, really? I said, I'd never, in the eight years I lived in Thailand, I've never had one time fail to communicate with a local Thai person. Never. Never had. Thai people actually start learning English in grade school all the way to college. And they actually, part of their interest exam from high school to the university, part of the interest exam is in English. So a lot of people don't realize that. So language is not an issue. But, you know, with many expats, they don't look at Asia because they think they need to speak the local language. 
And the other thing too is they think that it's so far away. So for an example, I remember uh, going to a wedding. It was an amazing time. Actually, I've been to Aruba uh, quite a few times. Going to Aruba was the biggest pain in the butt in the world, and the layovers were insanely insane. Same with going to the Maldives. Insane layovers. So when I tell people, I said, it doesn't matter where you live in the United States. If you live in the West Coast, it's even better. But because the amount of tourists that are coming to Thailand, there are flights that come here all the time. Every major carrier comes here. So for an example, if you live in California, you go LA or SFO to Korea, Japan, or Taiwan, and then from there, either one, I'm not saying go to all three, so let's say you go to Seoul, then Seoul to Bangkok. Go to Japan, go to Tokyo or Narita, then to Bangkok. Fly to Taipei, then Taipei to Bangkok. So that's usually where the hub is, you know, is you're flying or you're connecting from SFO or from LAX. Um, Vegas also flies uh, directly to Seoul through, uh, through Korean Airlines and then from Seoul, obviously, to Bangkok. Uh, same with, uh, I think, Seattle. So if you're coming from the East Coast, same exact thing. If you come from New York or you're coming from, let's say, Florida, you would fly to LA SFO, then from there to let's just say Taipei, then Taipei to Bangkok. And their flights coming all the time, all the time. And the flights are getting cheaper and cheaper. And the layovers aren't that long. So when I'm in Vegas visiting family and I'm flying out, I'm going from Vegas to Korean Airlines, love Korean Airlines, excellent service. Korean Airlines, I go to Seoul. I have a Two and a half, lay, two and a half, three hour layover. I just kick back at the lounge, drink some wine, eat some good food. And then from there, I go uh, to Bangkok, which is only five hours away. That's it. Simple. Simple, easy flight. So a lot of people, when you get in a shot, they're like, wow, I didn't know it was actually that simple. I thought it was a lot further than that. Then the next thing as an expat is, as, as I was touching on earlier, is the travelability. Why do you want to be stuck in an island? Why do you want to be stuck in a small area? Why do you want to be stuck in, in Latin America when you've pretty much visited most of Latin America throughout your life? Place like Thailand, I'm so centrally located. Within an hour's flight, uh, not just the fact that I can go to beautiful places like in Phuket down south or up north to Chiang Mai, uh, those flights normal promotions, promos, $60 to $80 round trip, sometimes even $50 round trip, short flights. Then within an hour, an hour and a half, I have my neighbors. I have, what do you call it, uh, Cambodia. I have Laos. I have Myanmar. I have Vietnam and Singapore, only an hour and a half away. Then when you're looking at that two to three hour range, now I have other places in Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, China, India, Sri Lanka, Taipei, Taiwan, it's two and a half hours away. Japan, Korea, five hours away. And then two of my favorite countries in the world, Australia, New Zealand, about nine to 10 hours away, just south of us. There are so many places to explore and the prices are 
dirt cheap. If you are retiring, you need, and I say this, you need to bring adventure into your life. You need to find new experiences. You've already done Latin America. You've already done Europe. Asia is a whole new world here. Cuisine, first-class cuisine. Cultures are amazing and so different from region to region. That's why I love Thailand. And that's why, you know, when I, when I speak to clients and, and they are so set on being in Latin America, obviously I'm going to help them. And if you're going to be in Latin America, Costa Rica is the best country to be in, hands down. That's the best country to live in, in Latin America. And then I will steer them towards uh, Costa Rica and help them find a luxury home there. But for the ones, for you out there, for most of you that are kind of been in this semi-lockdown, I guess the United States is slowly reopening, but it looks like they're not too far distant. It might be a second lockdown because the reinfection rates and the infection rates are, are growing exponentially in these different hotspots based on what I'm seeing in the news, is that you have some time to think about it. So you haven't locked down a country. So now that you've got some time, I really want you to think about Thailand. I want you to start researching it. Because again, take it for someone that has been doing this, relocating affluent clients to different parts of the world for almost two decades now. And I myself also walk the walk. I have searched high and low. And as I just, I just mentioned to recent clients, it took me 20 years to find my happy place. And I finally found it here in Thailand. And I've lived in some great areas. You know, I've had homes, like I said, in uh, Mexico, Costa Rica, uh, and then in the States, obviously, Newport Beach, Huntington Beach, uh, in Hawaii, uh, in, in two places. In, um, I, I had a condo right, in, right by the Ala Moana Mall. I had a, a, a huge plantation-style home in Ko'olina Kai, which is a very affluent area, which is kind of anchored by the JW Marriott there. I had a condo in Kauai. And so I've had some beautiful homes, and then I've rented homes for an extended period of time in different parts of the world, thinking that I was going to live there. But nothing, when it comes down to my checklist of needs, and spending three to six months, even a year in these areas, I came up short. And then here in Thailand, I just didn't, I wasn't able to just check off every single need as a retiree, as an expat, but I was able to add more. So as I mentioned earlier, what are those and, and then some? So imagine this, as a retiree, obviously, I want accessibility to cheap food. So if I want a food, if I want to get some cheap food, great food for a dollar to two dollars, I can get it here in Thailand. But if I want to have world-class one to two-star mission-rated restaurants, I can also do that here in Thailand. Well, when you're in places, small little places like Latin America, those places are hard to find. Even different parts of Asia. But Thailand, I have everything here. Everything that I need to fill my entertainment needs for my both my wife and I. And then the other things that you don't think about is who here doesn't like a massage? Just like when I ask people, do you like to travel? 
100% of the people, same exact thing. Yes, I like to have massages. Well, let's just say an estimate. How many times a year do you get a massage? Well, I would love to have more massages, but it's so expensive. And finding a good masseuse is really hard to find. But maybe, uh, you know, what the average is about for an affluent clientele is about once a month. And they're paying anywhere from $150 to $200 an hour at a high-end high spa. And I said, what if I can tell you you can have the same quality of massage in a high-end spa and pay... $15 an hour. They're like, no way. I said, yes. That's the and then some that you don't think about as a retiree. I don't go to a high-end spa. They're, they're certainly around here, you know, where I live. I just go to, uh, there are many of uh, these massage parlors, not massage parlors as in, you know, sex work, you know. And, and that's another misconception too, is when you do your research, Thailand is not a country full of hookers. It's like saying Vegas. Oh, Vegas must, because prostitution is legal, there must be hookers everywhere. No, that's not the case. In Nevada, prostitution is legal by county, and that county is in Pahrump. So you have to go and find it. Thailand's the same exact way like most countries. You have to go and find it. There aren't just girls walking everywhere. So it's a huge misconception for people uh, that, are, that are not familiar with this country. It's certainly not true. So... There are many Thai massage parlors uh, that are phenomenal, and I've never had a bad massage yet. And these mom and pop ones, for two hours, I pay $15. At a high-end salon, it'd be about $15 an hour. That's still dirt cheap, isn't it? When I first came to this country, I was getting a, I first started a two-hour massage every single day I did in the morning. I would go work out in my gym, in my building, I'll go get a two-hour massage. After a while, you know, you get kind of spoiled, like, oh, that's just a little bit too much. Then I, I whittled it down to an hour every single day. But now, that's still too much. So now I do basically three massages a week uh, for between an hour to two hours, uh, depending on how I'm feeling, how my body's feeling. Whether if I'm, tra if I'm training in Muay Thai and I have some sores, especially along my shins, then yeah, I'll do a two-hour massage. But that's the great thing is wouldn't it be nice is that you're sitting there, let's just say on a Tuesday, and you and your husband are like, hey, let's go get a massage. You just go outside your home, and then you'll have basically most places in Bangkok, you'll have about 15 to 20 massage parlors to choose from. Do a one-hour quick foot massage, a two-hour Thai massage, deep tissue Thai massage, and then facials. I get a facial once a month, sometimes two times a month. 15 to $30 an hour. That's just dirt cheap. The place I go to is 15 bucks an hour. They do a fantastic job. So who doesn't like going to a spa? And, and again, is, isn't that part of your retirement? Isn't that, isn't that what you're supposed to be doing after decades and decades of working hard? It's not about, you know, doing the same exact thing. So retiring estates, yeah, you're rich, but why pay $150 to $200 to go into Four Seasons or going to the Mandarin Oriental getting a massage when the same equivalent here in Thailand is $15? That's, you know, what many people fail to realize, uh, especially when they have a lot of money, is they think that the money is going to keep pouring in.
and I like to tell people. I said, first of all, there's no sacrifices living here in Thailand. And, and, and throughout the misconception that it's just a bunch of Thai people. When you come here, you're going to see Thailand has a lot of money and there's a, very, there's a massive amount of affluent people. Why do I say that is? I'll give you an example. There's a very exclusive building that my wife's company, uh, they're the largest developer in Thailand that develop only in Bangkok. And this is a like a 20-some story building. And the starting price starts at, I think, about a million and a half to two million and all the way up to an excess of 10 million. And each floor only has four units with private elevators. That building of only 80 units sold out in less, I think it was less than 30 days. Then there's another building, same exact concept. Units starting at a million dollars sold out in under 30 days. There is a, a lot of money here. And these are, this is just Thai money. This is not talking about other rich foreigners coming in here. This is local Thai money. Thais are rich. So throughout the misconception, it's some poor country. Yeah, we have poor areas up north called the Isan or central Thailand called the Isan region. But when you're in Bangkok or some of the beach cities like Pattaya, Jom Tien, Hua Hin, Phuket, Koh Samoy, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money in these areas. And that's why we have accessibility, such fantastic restaurants and world cuisine, world cuisine. You know, it's a simple little thing that uh, another misconception about expats that they f fail to realize is when I ask them this question, are you a foodie? 100% of the time, they say yes. Okay, so you're like me. I also love to eat. My wife and I love to eat. All different types of cuisine. So when you're looking at the area you're looking at, you're limited to a certain amount of restaurants in other resort uh, properties or even these outdoor bars that serve like bar food that are overpriced. You know, we see the same exact thing in beach communities in Costa Rica or Dominican Republic. But you're stuck with that type of food. And that's one of the things that I didn't care too much for being in Latin America, like Costa Rica. You know, you look at a little town like Coco. Uh, it's close to Liberia Airport. It's only about 45 minutes. It's a great little town. But the problem is, is you're very limited to amount of food. You're either limited to Costa Rican food or American bar food type or some Italian food and some Mexican food but you're very limited to the amount of real, true, world-class cuisine in all ethnicities. Where here in Thailand, it doesn't matter what city you're in, what, as long as you're in a major city or beach city, you have world-class cuisine of all types. Not just all Asian food, obviously Thai, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, but you also have Italian, Spanish, Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, Mexican. You have world-class cuisines from all over. That's why. That's why Thailand has so much to offer that so many people do not realize because it is a hidden secret. Thailand is a hidden secret for Americans. And you know why? Because of the distance. Thailand has been a top destination for folks in Australia, New Zealand, and UK for decades. Why? Because it's cheap. You'll find round-trip tickets from London, England uh, to, to Bangkok for 200 bucks. Same with Australia and New Zealand. You see these promos all day long. So they've been coming here 
for decades. But for Americans and Canadians, they haven't because they think it's so far away. But for the affluent traveler, you've been to, you, you sat in 12, 13, 14 hour flights, whether it's going to South America, going to Africa, going to the Middle East, you've done that before. So going to Thailand is not that much further. It's actually, well, obviously it's, it's not that far, but you're used to those long hauls. But the main thing is, is that what you, what you don't realize is what you're missing out on as a future retiree. Your money is going to go further. So after you've, um, after, let's just say, I found you your home or your homes throughout Thailand, and let's say you have a million dollars left. A million dollars in estates is equivalent to about five to six million dollars here in Thailand. Two million would be equivalent to 10 to 12 million. So your money goes so much further, so much further. And there are so many perks that you can have that you, that you didn't have in the States. So, th- so this has just been, I've just scratched the surface for this new series of podcasts for the affluent ex- expat, you know, for the luxury traveler. I'm going to dive into it more. And I also want to clarify something too, is maybe if you may listen to my other podcast when I'm talking about real estate and just kind of brush up on Thai real estate, Thai real estate foreigners uh, can own outright condos and single family homes are done differently. And, and for the regular 80 percenter, I've never recommended a home because it's more complicated. It's for an example, you know, buying a single family or just buying a regular home in the States is easy. Buying a commercial property takes a little bit more work. You have to be a little bit more savvy. It's the same exact thing. So for the 80% of the individuals out there, they're normally not going to look for a single family home. But for the affluent clientele, you're going to be looking at, you know, huge beachside villas and estates, you know, ranging from three to five, even 10, 20,000 square feet or these large penthouses. So, for, so with those clientele, yes, we do work with you and we can find you these luxury single family homes and we can legally prepare it for you so you do own it legally. And so the legal ramifications of owning property can be done on single family homes. Uh, we've done it before. We just don't really advertise it because it's very confusing for individuals out there that, uh, that normally are just basically condo buyers. And I'll give you another example, too, is that uh, if you haven't seen that, so my company, Compass Group International, uh, we're listing close to $2 billion of uh, Thai properties, Thai hotel properties. And, you know, we have some of our high-end hotels are anywhere from $67 million, $165 million, $295 million, $137 million, $112 million. And all these properties are freehold estates and can be owned by a foreign new owner. It's just what we do is, and we can discuss this more in person or over a conference call, is how we legally do it is that we do it with LLCs. So we create an LLC for you and the LLC buys the property. And uh, so I want to clear that up. So if you listen to my other podcast and I said I don't recommend single family homes, that is really intended for the mass market, for the individual where a single family home really doesn't make sense for them. 
but for the luxury expat, the person that's looking for luxury living, yes, of course, you're going to be looking at that three to 4,000 square foot home on the beach. And we can get those for you. And you can own it legally. So I just want to clear that up. So thank you so much for joining me today. And please stay tuned. Subscribe to my podcast. You can subscribe it here on Anchor. You can subscribe it on iTunes, on Google Play. And, and there are 10 distribution outlets that Anchor distributes my podcast. And listen to it. Uh, and do your own research. Because I will say this again. I have searched high and low for two decades all around the world. And I finally found my happy place. My happy place uh, before Thailand was Newport Beach. You don't know my background. I lived in Newport Beach, had a beautiful home. It was like 3,500 square feet, three stories. I, had, uh, I was right next door to the marina. Uh, I had my boat parked there. And then about two blocks away was Newport, uh, was the actual beach itself. So I could walk there. I lived in an amazing area. And for those of you who have been to Newport Beach, you know, it's this nice, beautiful, powdery white sand. And it's such a gorgeous place to live. But the problem with Newport Beach is it got really, really busy and crowded. And especially Fourth of July weekend, you know, shutting down all the roads. It, just, it was just a madhouse. And it was so expensive. It just, everything just got so expensive. So in searching for the world for something similar... What I went, I went to Sydney, Australia, spent some time in Sydney. And I'll tell you, if you think Newport Harbor looks beautiful, Sydney Harbor puts Newport Harbor to shame. Sydney Harbor is the most breathtaking, one of the most breathtaking harbors I've ever been to. But the homes there are even more expensive because Sydney is more expensive than Newport Beach. It's one of the most expensive cities in the world. Then I look in Auckland. Again, not cheap. So... And obviously, Latin America, there's nothing in Latin America that kind of fits that Newport Beach profile. What I mean by Newport Beach profile is living in a beach community where I have accessibility to other areas that provide me with all the material things I need. Restaurants, bars, uh, movie theaters, uh, just any sort of entertainment and shopping. Because Newport Beach, you know, obviously Costa Mesa, Irvine, uh, you know, Going up north to, to L.A. County, going down south to, to San Diego or, or hopping skips away from, uh, from Las Vegas. I needed that. I needed that convenience factor. And I couldn't find that in Latin America. But I finally found it in Thailand. I finally found it in my, one of my favorite and two beach areas in Thailand that I love. And we can discuss it more in another podcast. But I found it here in Thailand. It's near replica of everything that I had in Newport Beach, but, and then some. I have more perks now. So we'll, we'll touch on that on another podcast. So thank you so much for joining me, and I'll talk to you soon.